This podcast is brought to you by Tacticam. This spring, I'm pumped right up. You know, I haven't really utilized a point-of-view camera too often. I always found them a bit of a pain in the ass, to be honest with you. But Tacticam has made it super, super easy. Um, I'm going to be running multiple cameras. And what's super neat about them is I can get a remote with the press of one button. All three cameras will be recording at the same time. We're going to have one at the bear bait, one facing me, and one on my bow. Um, it's going to be super easy, get some extra angles and, uh, yeah, super, super efficient for the guy who wants to do more self-filming. Check out Tacticam.com. This podcast is always brought to you by Old Smokes Coffee. We're sitting here sipping on our old trusty skittish white tail light roast from the Hunter's Blend. All types of, uh, coffee, whether it's smoke roasted or conventional roasted, Check out oldsmokescoffee.com. Use promo code non-typical for 10% off. This podcast and every single one we've recorded so far has been brought to you by Smith Game Calls. Check out smithgamecalls.ca and use promo code non-typical for 15% off. They have absolutely everything you need for uh, game calls, whether you want something for elk or predators, um, turkeys, whatever it is, check them out, guys. smithgamecalls.ca and use promo code non-typical for 15% off. This podcast is brought to you by T-Rex Knives. Locally crafted, indigenous-made, custom knife works right here in northern Alberta. Check out Joe Carafel at T-Rex Knives on Facebook and Instagram. This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your host, Brody Teal and Eric Liberty. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. Okay, man, here we are. Another podcast, just you and I. We're back. And we're back. We are back. And uh, that last one was a ton of fun. It was. It was a good one. It, yeah, was, we, a, uh, it was new, yeah. a little bit different, but uh, it was lots of fun. It was. I'm glad we hit record that time for Manny. Yeah. Audio quality will yeah, be a little better. He did have to remind us, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kept, kept us honest. And I was just saying, you know, we, we shut the lights in, in the area we're doing this, a studio, and then we have our, our studio light on. And just the setting, it sort of gets you in the mood to, to talk. And it's oh, just a different atmosphere, like yeah. we were saying. It's more of a studio feeling than, yes. yeah, we got like a, I don't know, what are they what are they even called now? Iridescent, luminant, luminant, I don't know. I don't know, but like I said, it feels like you're in the the, the aisle at yeah. Walmart. At Walmart, yeah. 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 Just a bright fluorescent Big white. Yeah, white fluorescent, light. that's the word yeah. I was looking for, big white fluorescent light. Yeah. Yeah. So we work together, I see it every day, but we don't talk a whole much during the day. No, it's probably good. It makes the podcast yeah. go a little smoother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're kind of on our our opposite ends of the shop for most sure. Of the day. So how's how's the week going? How are the horses doing? You killing any coyotes on the yard? What's going on? Uh, I wish I I wish I had. Um, I've shot at a few coyotes this last week. Uh, Manny shot at a few when he was here, and yeah, we're just not having any luck with them. Yeah. So Manny Manny uh, shot one at about four hundred yards. Yep. He couldn't retrieve it. Couldn't find it. Yeah, we never, we never found it. It, uh, it leaked a little blood and uh, did a little tumble, but you know, it was, it was long gone by the time we were. What did he shoot up it with? To it. Uh, I think he brought a t- 
25 watt six okay i never had a look at it though yeah, it's yeah. been anytime i saw him with it it was in a case so i didn't have a look at the gun but uh man i'm yeah, surprised to to, it, i guess this coyote was on the run and okay. uh and he clipped it i mean that's that's impressive at 400 yards yeah for sure it's a small target small bullet too oh without a doubt yeah you know yeah. and yeah like with a bigger caliber if you get their guts or anywhere you know from their their rear thighs forward you're more than likely going to kill that animal oh absolutely so much but if you hit a bone then you're just ruining it yeah yeah like i shot a coyote once with a 30 out 6 150 grain whatever federal 20 dollar 20 dollar box of bullets or whatever and it literally blew like a softball size hole right through the middle of the coyote you split them in half pretty much pretty much split in half like you could look through it yeah so i've shot a couple with the 30 odd six and yeah there i kept it i still if anybody wants to wants me to send a picture of the hide i still have the hide and it's just salted but it's just sitting there at at home and and that's actually the coyote i've mentioned i've eaten coyote before that's the one i ate oh that's right yeah so the, the first one i got that we split in half we just tanned it and the kids sort of use it as like a little puppet because <laughs> yeah. it's literally just the shoulder. Yeah. So you can fit your hand in it nicely. And yeah, it's it's been in and out of their toy boxes. And, and it's it's been around the house for like four years now or five years. And uh, and yeah, it, it's getting put to good use. Um, that camera light isn't on. I just noticed. Uh, okay. Is Let's that thing still recording? But yeah, anyways, and then, technical and then the last one I got, if that screen's blocked, just tap the screen or touch it. It's still recording? It's still recording. Interesting. Anyways, and the last one I got, I got in 2017. And so these are all just opportunistic coyotes that are running by. Yeah, we're I've not never... we're not diehard predator hunters by any means. No, Neither and I like I'm not a coyote hunter. I I wish I had the time to. Me I too. I wish I had the time and I know I could could make time. Um, but I haven't, but yeah, the last one I got same situation, it was split right in half. So I had intentions of doing a shoulder mount and incorporating it with the elk and the mule deer I got that year and do like a triple pedestal mount thing. Um, a lot of ideas, yeah. you know, as a taxidermist, well, artist. Yeah, yeah, you know, you shoot something and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this, but then it's finding time to do it. Um, but we will, and um, I just I got to make it a priority, right? Yeah. The yeah. thing is, you work Monday to Friday or Monday to Saturday, and then, and then you're gonna take a couple days off, or you schedule a couple days off, and the last thing you want to do is come back and continue working, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the, and what happens is you just get burnt out if you do. Oh, absolutely. Do it. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and, and to, you know, there's the whole thing of having your stuff sitting around the shop half done and, yeah. and then finding time to finish it and, and then where are you going to put it all? For sure. There's a whole lot of things. It's even my stuff, right? Like I, I always thought great when I start actually killing stuff on my own, I'll have it all taxidermied up, but yeah. I still got stuff sitting in the freezer. That, For sure. So I just have no time to, to want to even tan my own stuff. Yeah. Let alone, uh, but I, have a place for it. Like this is like, I don't, I've never... I don't do any of the tanning. You do all the tanning. Um, I almost think, though, like just tanning something um, would be, you know, if, if you shoot a bear, tanning it, throwing it in with a bunch of other bears um, is obviously a lot easier than, hey, like my bears, I want to do a life-size yeah. mount. That's, you know, 20 yeah. hours of work, 30 hours of work, where a tan hide, at least you can, 
get her done and hang it up on the wall. Yeah. You know, sooner than. Yeah, and it's and it lasts forever. And, you know, it's not a fragile. It's not a piece of art as much as it's just a fur. Soft yeah, fur for sure. On the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I've got I've got one of my bears tanned hanging on the wall. Um, and and it's almost a shame I feel to just tan it, but they do look good and i like that you you know you can grab it and feel it you can lay it down on the ground the kids can can sit on it and you can show the cool markings and whatnot um but i it's almost to me a bit of a shame for a nice bear to just tan it what are to, your thoughts not on that bring like it i know back to life now but yeah, yeah but some guys um like they'll shoot a beautiful deer and all they want to do is a euro just because they don't like shoulder mounts or, or some guys with bears, they've shot a bunch of bears and they shoot a great big one. And all they want to do is get it tan because yeah. that's what they prefer. Yeah. Um, what's your thought on, on just doing a tanned hide and a European or a skull or going towards an actual mount? Well, with bears are funny. We've talked about it a little bit, a lot before and you can do anything. Well, the point of it being you legally have to, you, you're legally required to keep the fur. It makes it a little bit tough. Yeah. Right? Um, but when it comes to bears, it's it's a weird it's a weird position to be in, you know, to do something like a shoulder mount. Yeah. Where you can literally just take a third of the animal and throw the rest in the garbage, um, or you can you know you can tan it and keep it whatever. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of just having tanned hides. That's uh, you know I think they look traditional and. They're you know they're nice. You can grab them and touch For them. For sure, they're still there. They're gonna last forever, and they're not such a burden. Yeah, to be to take care of and worry about breaking and and damaging and you know whatever else. And and then they're a lot less expensive. Yeah, for sure. Space wise, but when it comes to a you know if you shot an animal that just meant so much to you, you got to bring it back to life. For sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to keep it is one thing. If that's all you can do, keep whatever you can, do whatever you got to do. <clears throat> but if you can afford to, you you got to bring that animal back to life. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. And that's that's the way I sort of um, look at it, too. You know, the tanned hides are nice. Like, I like have. I wanted at least one tanned hide in the house. So, you know, you could throw it on the ground on a Sunday and the kids can you know, look at it mm-hmm. and check it out. And the one that we did tan, it's that one that has some blonde hairs on the back. Right. So it's sort of neat. It's got yeah. something unique to it. And, um, you know, it was a bear where it was a decent sized bear, but not really one that, you know, I've got three other ones that I want to do like life size. And then I have a, a bunch of shoulder mount ones I want to do. And the way I look at it is, you know, I can't do a shoulder mount with everything. But the ones I do have planned to do these shoulder mounts with, they all have white on the chest. So I've got, I think, four with white on the chest. And so it was going to be like a three or four animal pedestal mount with Mm -hmm. them all together showing off that white. And I feel, um, yes, you're wasting the remainder of the hide, but I feel that you're going to get you're going to give the most attention possible to that animal in that, um, you know, in that style amount rather than just a hide hanging on the wall. Yeah, for sure. You know, you're showing off the uniqueness well, of that white patch. It's, it's different. Yeah. But yeah, Alberta, they haven't, they haven't made it very clear. They want you to keep and use the hide, but they haven't said how much of the hide, um, 
you know, so. They don't give you the option either to, like, take either meat or, or the hide, right? No. And, uh, but that's sort of besides the point. Like, we're all, we're both in agreement that, yeah, to bring the animal back to life yeah. is definitely, if you can afford to do it and if you have the space to do it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just as good as a photo or just better. Sure. If you got a good tax service, it's better than a photo. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the thing is, like, we are here, we see it all the time. So I haven't really ever been in a rush to do my stuff because yeah. I'm working around taxidermy every single day. So we've hung up some of Amy's animals in the house. And so, um, you know, my last few deer weren't big deer. So I just European mounted them. Um, we brought my tan bear hide in the house. And now that I'm starting to have a few critters in the house, I'm like, you know what? Now I'm sort of getting excited to start mounting some of my stuff and hang yeah. some of my own stuff in the house. Because the way I always looked at it is, you know, I see this stuff every single day and, you know, you you have a deer hanging on the wall that's been waiting to pick up for three months, six months, nine months. And you're so excited that that thing leaves with the customer. I was always worried that I'd hang something up on my wall and I'd get sick of it because yeah. I see this stuff all the time. But then you realize when you have something that you put your, you know, blood, sweat and tears into to harvest and then to even mount it for this case, um, it means so much more than just, you know, someone yeah, else's Yeah, well, and you probably, you're going to look at it as a hunter. You're not going to look at it so much as a tax service, Exactly, right? exactly. And I, I hadn't had anything hanging in the house that was mine yet. And now yeah. that I do, I'm starting to see, um, you know, a different view on it and uh yeah i've got a few that i want to get going on so it's just you know a matter of saying on this day we're gonna start you know that's it's interesting i was just sort of thinking of like a way to compare that but i sort of feel that way just about hunting now like i've been out of guiding for two years three years now okay and like for a while i was always like yeah it's so much more fun to just take other people it's better that way. It's easier that way. But now that I've started, like I got my two bears this year. I had a hell of a time this fall uh, with elk, like good time. Yeah. Like, lots of opportunities and stuff. Now I'm starting to get that like greed a little bit where it's like, I want to actually, I want to shoot. Okay. So that's I want to pack the weapon now. Crazy because I was actually thinking of this the other day of you and how, how taxidermy to me no that's not the analogy i want to use um are you do you yeah do you get more pleasure out of guiding someone to a hunt and would you be willing to sacrifice your whole hunting season to guide people without a doubt you without would. even finishing that question okay yeah, yeah. there's so, been multiple times where i've had had an opportunity uh, to shoot something and just handed the rifle to somebody. Yeah. And it's just... I'm trying to think. It's so much... To me, it's just so much better, especially new people. Like, And maybe that's where it sort of came from. Like, I I always brought friends out hunting. That That's just always... You always I'm, have. Like, I've always just... People that have never done it, you know, I tell them, bring rubber boots, bring a raincoat, bring a water bottle, let's go. Yeah. And, you know, just I'll, I'll take you out. At least that you experience it. And so many times um, people have stuck with it, at least to the extent of doing it themselves. Yes. And uh, and that, I don't know. That's I really, really enjoy that. And then guiding people that come from the States and 
have you know so many people have never come up to Canada, um, especially Alberta. Uh, it seems as though the moose hunting, bear hunting is sort of just affordable enough to be sort of a once in a lifetime thing for the average guy. Yeah, but it's also affordable enough. Or it's also um, a pres- prestigious enough of a hunt, whatever you want to, however you want to describe it. Um, the animals are quality enough to attract yeah, big money people. For too. sure. Yeah. So you get a whole variety of, of hunters and clients, but so many of them, it's just like it's their first time. You know, yeah. they're very versed, very well versed in like turkey hunting or uh, whitetail hunting in the States or even elk hunting. So many guys are. So many guys come to camp and can't stop calling moose elk For because sure. they're just so used to being an elk camp. Wow. Um, and it's just like being, being, it's like taking a guy that's totally more experienced than I am, but in a place where he's never been and yeah. sort of just being that extra knowledge to, to get them the animal they want to be, uh, they want to get their hands on. And yeah, I don't know, maybe it's just the teaching and the, well, and the, you're the definitely, guiding. yeah, you're definitely a rare breed because, I don't know why I was thinking that. I, I was obviously talking to somebody. I think what it was is we were talking about, you know, something you enjoy and then making it into a job and then you do it so much and then you're doing it for a different reason and then you don't end up enjoying it like you originally yeah, it enjoyed it. Tur- turns into a job. And so somehow, like, it's crazy that you even brought that up because I was actually thinking of you and wondering, like, you know, like you're starting an outfitting business. So as an outfitter, like, do you enjoy the outfitting more than the, more than the hunting for yourself? And would you sacrifice your hunting season to run your business? To facilitate. Because you enjoy it so absolutely. much. Yeah. 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 Without a doubt. Wow. Interesting. And yeah. I'm glad we came on to this because I was, yeah, like I said, I was thinking of it the even other day. Even these last was, two years. to ask you. Even these last two years, you know, with you, with Manny, um, with our sheep hunts, with uh, the the sponsored bear hunt we did this spring, yeah. like it's just like, hey, let's get a couple guys together and let's just go. Yeah. Like let's, I'll bring all the gear. Let's just go and do it. I'll yeah. cook. I'll do everything. Just let's go. Because it's like the camp atmosphere and like the camaraderie the, with everyone there. And it hunting and let's is, go and get the job done. Yeah. Kind of like attitude, not yeah. like oh, I gotta get up at five tomorrow and like make coffee and I'm gonna get up and drive to the hunting spot and. When you're out there, it's just like, okay, let's go. And you're let's the one that's it. hosting it. Yeah. So so there's none of this, oh, I got to get up at five. Because you're like, I'm up at five o'clock. Yeah. I'm going to get shit going. Yeah, the, the, gen- guy, the generator's the, on. If you keep sleeping. By the sleeping, time the guys get up, yeah. you know, everything will be ready. And you're in total control over yeah. it. Yeah. Right? So, no, that's very cool, man. Um, yeah, you know, it's you know, you're going to be successful in what you're doing because obviously you're doing it for the right reasons. Because if you're willing to sacrifice your hunting season to see no, other is, people be successful. That is my hunting season though. That that's is the way, your hunting that's season. I there you it. go. Like, I feel it's, it's, it's shitty right now. Cause I feel like I've just, I'm out of, I've been out of guiding for, you have been for three years now. Yeah. You know, I took a year off. I had some shit go down with the last guy I worked for. And then I started my business that same year. So I sort of had a year of just getting stuff rolling, getting my licenses, getting my allocations, not really worrying about selling hunts right away. And then this year, 22 or last year, 2020 rolled around, sold some hunts, was doing really good on my advertising. And then the big COVID kibosh, everything. Yeah. 
So now we're, everything's just sort of holding out and, uh, you know, kind of just sitting stagnant. So last, last... I just want to go guiding. Like, for sure, man. Just so much to, so much yeah. more than... Uh, yeah, the hunting's great, but, uh, yeah, to just, just do it for real. So I remember June, July last year, first... It was, okay, we're going to wait and see if the border's open, like, August 31st. Yeah. Then it was October 24th. It was every... Then it was yeah. November. Yeah. It was and every 30 was days. January. Was that what it was, yeah, every 30 days? Something like that. And so what are they doing now? Are they still doing it every 30 days? There's just now... Or does Trudeau just have his thumb up his ass, and yeah. whenever he decides to pull it out, he's going to pull it out? I think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, APOS has told us that... There's just no update yet. Have they? They haven't given you any insider information. Don't, I don't think they have any information. They've been very, very open with with everybody. Um, very helpful with through all this with helping guys get their the grant money figured out and uh, working with guys so that they don't have to pay for their licenses that they're not allowed to use and yeah. all this other stuff. Great job on April's side. There's just no there's no end in sight right now. There's no word on the border. Um, the travel restrictions are getting stronger while everything else is relaxing. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. I wonder what the logic is behind that because case numbers are going down. Things are starting to open up. Yeah. You just got to so, hope that they're going to decide the two yahoos on either side of this border are going to decide, yeah, we're going to let these people go back to work. Well, so the Americans, <laughs> they've opened up their border. Have their border not? was never closed. It's never been closed. Okay. Yeah. It's just, just the Canadians. Jeez, yeah. man, that's so frustrating. Yeah. So are they federal government? Have they been doing anything for the outfitters or you or uh, I think the anyone? provincial government's taking care of people for the most part. I, unfortunately, um, it sort of seems like, and I think a lot of people would agree with this, but not to get too political, it sort of seems like this whole pandemic and the way they've shut things down has really targeted small business. Like, just all across sure. the board um so there's absolutely no help for uh for any business that's younger than two years old basically there's unless you can prove your income um there's not really any assistance for you and of course outfitting there's no um proof of value in your allocations or anything like that so the bank won't help you yeah um so it's kind of a lucrative sort of weird situation outfitters are in but uh I'm luckier than a lot of guys, I think. I, I consider myself lucky in my situation. I'm not paying a mortgage. I'm not feeding kids with selling my hunts. I'm sort of in the middle right now. I still work full-time, getting stuff off the ground. So I'm I'm better off to just wait till this shit yeah. all settles down. Are there many guys that are selling right now? Just to Canadian clients. Um, like I don't selling know. selling their businesses oh tags. i think that like are there guys getting out of it saying there, you know what there will enough be is enough i predict and i could be totally off but i i predict when it opens or when it closes i like predict if they don't open well when the border opens hopefully okay. that's soon um and and outfitting starts to flow again like the actual economy of it starts to roll i think hunts are going to sell like crazy because there's a lot of americans there's a lot just a lot of people Especially that type of pe people, yeah, that just want this all to be over with. Oh yeah, they want to go on their vacations. They yeah. want to spend their money. They want to go isolate out in the bush. Yeah, none of this COVID shit affects uh, hunting at all. Um, so I, I I predict there's gonna be a very high sale in hunt packages and and outfitters are gonna well, do I'd very well the for a first few years. Year 
or for even first two year for some outfitters are booked. Oh yeah, like absolutely. yourself. As soon as that board is open, yeah. you have hunters coming up. Well, and a lot of guys have a waiting list literally already. Already, that's wow. like yeah, yeah, it's spoken for. As soon as the border opens, it's yours. Yeah. And uh, you know, I have some guys lined up like that too, but yeah. um, I I predict all the old guys that were sort of on the fence or maybe guys that want to get out of the business, they're holding on to everything right now. And then when the economy of outfitting begins to flow again, guys have money back in their pockets. Yes. So many allocations are going to go for sale. Yeah. Businesses, equipment, um, full outfits. There's just, uh, there seems like there's a generation of guys getting out of it. And they just don't want to deal with the shit again. In case well, and they can't, again. they can't, right? Like no. it's so, there's, you, you know, it's, if you do it, if you do it well and you do it right, you can make a good living. Um, but uh, there's also a lot of a lot of things that can go really wrong, and uh, and not not put you in a good situation. I think COVID's done that for a lot of guys. Oh, without a doubt, man. And you know, uh, an industry like yours, and like I guess everyone in f- freaking Canada has never dealt with this before. Yeah. Um, and you guys, but your hands are totally tied because, you know or most years or every other year but this past year you couldn't sell to albertas albertans legally yeah you weren't allowed to you weren't allowed to so you could sell to other provinces but 95 percent of the hunts were being sold to americans or, or 98 or 99 yeah people yeah. out of uh, out of canada yeah and, and yeah probably 80 percent americans yeah <clears throat> like very very low i very low amount of europeans at least in alberta yeah Wow, unreal. So no uh, no light at the end of the tunnel yet. Not we yet. I haven't seen that light yet. No. Wow, unreal. No. Well, you just got to, you know. Yeah, so if anybody's listening, got, uh, you mentioned the podcast, give you a wicked deal on a moose hunt. Yeah. <laughs> I got 11 available this year. Yeah, and so. what are they, uh, early season ruts? So I've got, uh, we're set up to do an early season, uh, well, I call it a rut archery because it, it is that first week of the rut. Um, I called a bull in for Brody during that same week last year um, yep. into 18 yards. And uh, <laughs> I blew it. Yeah. He farted or something and the, the moose ran away. And uh, we then we have a, uh, we're set up to do do our regular rut moose hunt, which is September 1st, runs from September 1st to October 31st. Um, that middle month, though, first two weeks or last two weeks of September, first two weeks of October, definitely the best that's the yeah. hot hot season and uh yeah that's a full wall tent uh riverboat style most likely this year and uh big moose big moose in that country and so uh you guys will be staying in wall tents yeah it's all in wall tents yeah yeah it's nice. all remote long ways long ways from any town in that zone you're two two and a half hours either direction yeah so wow yeah it's nice Unreal. So yeah, we just uh, so if, if the border does open up, um, do you have anything that's going to be available to uh, Canadians? Oh yeah, I mean, you just have to wait and see. You have to wait and see. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take whatever I can get if if somebody's interested. In, right now, in, yeah, yeah, in, sure. in buying a package, and uh, you know, we're all just we're just sitting here ready to go. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, bear season's creeping up on us. It's time to get some bear baits out right away here. I think that, was it yesterday was the legal date that we could get baits out? Yeah, you could start two weeks before April 1st, so that was 16th was yesterday. Yeah, I think we're going to scoot out, not this, but next weekend. Got to get some barrels, some drums, plastic ones if we can, and um, get her going. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. We're we're starting all over again this year. Yeah, for, for the most sure. part. Yeah. Um, wolf baits. Have you checked them out lately? I haven't. It's been uh, the weather's been crazy. Yeah, There's man. no snow anymore. Yeah. I went from being able to. I went from only being able to sled to now not being able to sled or quad. So there's too much snow for a quad, not quite enough snow for a sled. Yeah. So sort of in limbo right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's sloppy out there. Um. I think it's supposed to snow on Saturday. Did you hear that? Yeah. Um, well, it's supposed to. Yeah, it's supposed to rain or snow. It's oh, is that what they're saying? I don't know if it's supposed to get cold again. I didn't look at the weather. I was just told that. Be like so. fourteen degrees tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. Holy smokes! So things are warming up. That warming snow up. is melting. So uh, it's only a matter of time. The bears are going to start, you know, getting flooded out and start crawling out looking for. Uh, it would looking be nice to have an eight. early spring this year. Um, as long as we can stay away from the fires, yeah, we don't we don't need we don't need a big fire season this year. No, that'll be too. Last much year we year. I don't think we had anything around. We got here. lucky. Yeah, yeah. It was scared of the COVID. Yeah, I want to get bear hunting early. I've got a, a busy May. May is going to be a busy month. Yeah, a busy month. Um, we've got something planned in the middle of the month. I'm trying to get my dad to come up for three days and do something with him. Amy wants to kill a bear. Um. And then I got to find time for myself too. And and May is always your like best time, right? Yeah. So every weekend, Get after it. every you know free evening. Um, so yeah, May is going to be busy. But I would like to get out, you know, middle of April and start hunting early. So if we have a good thaw, if it thaws, you know, in uh, pretty quick here, um, you know, middle of April will definitely be okay. I think to be sitting at those baits. Yeah. Was it Manny in the last podcast? He said he killed a bear on April second or fourth or something like that. April second, yeah. That's pretty crazy. Early. That was two man. years ago, we had a spring kind of like this so far. Yeah. Amy's was the nineteenth. Yeah, Amy's was about the middle. Yeah. And um, those grizzlies seem to come out first. Yeah. Remember when we killed hers? We seen I think four grizzly bears before we seen that black bear. And uh, they're always a treat to see. Yeah, you've seen quite a few more than I have. Yeah, we've I, seen I've a seen few. Be able to avoid them. But on trail camera, we've got them on every single trail camera. Everyone, pretty much. yeah, on all sides of town here. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we went fishing this past weekend, and it was. Oh, you guys slaughtered them, man! We had the probably the best day of ice fishing I've ever had. We've caught the most fish in three or four hours that I think I've ever caught ice fishing, fishing on a boat, whatever it is. Your hands get tired. It was crazy, man. Um, I only caught, I think I caught like 16, but Amy caught like 36 or something and Jackson caught like 25 or 27 or Amy might've even caught like 40 some. I don't remember, but it was a lot of fish. And so what we did, we uh, got out to a lake. We were the only ones out there when we got there, but there were some tracks that looked like from the day before. So, you know, there's still a bit of ice or a bit of snow on the lake. So I didn't want to get stuck. So I'm like, let's stay on these tracks. We'll just follow them out. So we followed them quite a ways out there. There's a little island on the lake. We're on the the south side of that. 
we drilled uh, four holes all about 50 yards apart, 80 yards apart, so we could figure out sort of where these fish were if there was a bit of a drop off, um, you know, where the fish were biting. And uh, sure enough, you know, Amy had hooked on to like eight fish before I had caught my first one. Nice. Jackson's running around playing. He's not even fishing. And then like noon, one o'clock came and um, and she just kept catching them, right? So I'm like, well, let's set up the tent there. We'll drill four holes and, and we'll see how it is. You know, Jackson at six years old, it's tough to keep his attention to fishing if you aren't catching fish. For and sure. even even if you are, yeah. he wants to run around outside, build snowmans, slide on the ice, right? But uh, but yeah, so we drilled these holes and the fish just were biting nonstop. So Jackson got in there and, and he was just absolutely slaying them. So I was untangling line and unhooking fish for most of the bait day. And hooks. Yeah, and baiting hooks. We started with using full worms. And then we realized that wasn't going to last us. So then we were using half worms. And then we realized that wasn't. So we went down to a third and then to a quarter. And I bet by the end, we were using little chunks of worm that were about three quarters of an inch long. <laughs> like just chunks. Not a front, not a back, just a fucking middle chunk of a worm. And they were biting on it. And then we ran out of worms, so we're using spoons and rapalas and everything else, and it was just a feeding frenzy down there. So what we found, we were fishing about 10, 12 feet. They were biting those hooks on the downward flutter of that jig or that spoon. Right. And so we always found when we hooked a fish and caught it, we'd reel in, bring the fish and, uh, you know, take the hook out, let it go back in. Then we'd drop our line in, and the fish would nail it. So what we'd do is we'd bring the hook right up to, like, six inches below the ice and just jig it right there and then we'd drop it down and almost every single time we'd have fish biting it and you those pike man when they freaking hit that line they hit that thing going you know 20 kilometers an hour and uh, just fish all over the place so it was a lot of fun nothing big though they were all right around the same size they were all right around 60 to 70 centimeters um and so we fished this lake back in january and same thing we caught like 40 fish um but they were all in that same size group right and so what that tells us and speaking with fish and wildlife um this lake tends to winter freeze uh you know part winter kill, yeah. winter kill yeah yeah part portions of the lake so this is one year of fish this is probably you know, a, a four or five year old fish when this portion of the lake winter killed five years ago or six years ago, nothing smaller than 60 centimeters and nothing bigger than 70 centimeters. So it's one age group of fish basically. Um, yeah. So, you know, strange, like we tried, I tried moving a little ways and just seeing if I could maybe catch something bigger in like the, the reeds, something shallower, or we went a little deeper to see if we could catch some different fish and, and nothing. They were all uh, right around the exact same size. That's a ton of fish though, to be able to catch close to a hundred fish in a couple yeah, of hours. It was. And so this was going to be our last day of fishing. So we, uh, you know, we were going to go perch fishing, but we heard that the fishing wasn't too great on this particular lake. Guys couldn't find the perch. Yeah. So we opted out. Amy's like, you know what? Our last day of fishing, let's go back to this lake and let's just catch a ton of fish. Yeah. And that's what we did, Old man. Old trusty. 
Yeah. Up north there, yeah. That's what we did. A ton of fun. Um, now, that lake there, have you heard of anybody fishing it in the summertime? Um, I think there's a few guys that do. Uh, I th- don't know if they access it from the other side of the reserve. Is there a better access on that side of the lake? I have no idea. I've never been. I've never even been to that side of the lake. So where we access it on the east side, yeah. Um, I'd imagine that road probably gets pretty sloppy. It does, but but it uh, wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, it's not too bad if it's dry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and and I, there's no like there's no boat launch there. It's just weeds. But yeah, uh, yeah you could push like a little John boat. boat out there, put a canoe out there pretty easily. It's a big lake though. It like, is. You be careful too. So we're we're talking about Uticama Lake, and um, yeah, it, I didn't realize how big. Like you mentioned to me, it's one of the larger lakes in it's Alberta. A, like one of the second largest vehicle accessible lakes in Alberta. Or something yeah, like that. interesting. Yeah, it's huge. I didn't realize really how big it was either. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we spent a lot of time there. I spent a lot of time there growing up. So have you covered you know a ton of different areas on that lake? We've always fished the exact same two spots. Um, and I've never fished where you fish. Um, really? Never. So that's never where that I've close. Always... We always go way out uh, around the island or something. Um, yeah, I've explored around a little so bit. So what? So as the island, are you going north west. of the island? You're going west. Or so sorry, yeah, south. There's, so southeast. Yeah. So so that's where we were. I've always been. Oh, that's where you were. You weren't uh, like close to the access point there, like in January. Uh, no, in January we were, were we weren't by the, the shore. No, we were just so you you get on to the lake. Yeah. And then we took a left, so we went south, and we were just off of the shoreline, yeah. probably. I don't know. I would say a kilometer. And you guys slayed fish that day. We caught forty fish. And I we didn't catch a single fish. Yeah. We were fishing in the exact same depth as you. Oh, okay. We could see your tent, but we were about two kilometers away. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Right along the same shoreline. And so were you by the island then or were you along oh no, you were along the shoreline? We were north of you. You were north of me a couple yeah, kilometers. Because we went to that other access. See, and when growing up I was always told I haven't done a lot of exploration on this lake lately in the last five, six, seven, eight years. But when I was a kid, I was always told to stay away from that other side of the lake. And I always remember seeing vehicles sticking out of it and quads and skidoos. Oh, really? Because a lot of guys used to go out there um, when the walleye was still open. Yeah. It was a big hitter walleye and That lake. was just four years ago, three years ago, because yeah. we used to take walleye from that lake. Big hitter walleye lake. Yeah. And uh, so guys would go crazy over there. And I remember several times going and seeing... ATVs and skidoos and stuff sticking out of the creeks there. Yeah. Trucks. And uh, so I, I always just never even really risked it going that way because there's like three or four creeks that flow into that side of the lake. And it's a big lake and it's a muskeg lake. There's a ton of gas. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I've always been really careful. There's a lot of snow on that lake too on a typical winter. I remember one time I went out there in 2017, 2016. Yeah, it must have been 2017. And I had a big lifted truck at the time, and it was right up to the doors. Really? It was like like three, three and almost three feet of snow. Wow. There was some hard pack, thankfully, but yeah, uh, yeah it was, there's lots of snow up there. Yeah, I fished that lake quite a bit. Haven't seen anyone in the water. We've seen a lot of guys stuck, 
Yeah. Like we, we used to always see guy, like I'd always stay on the path. If I got a truck, I do not want to risk anything. Yeah. Stay on the path, but there's always someone who decides to go his own way and then he's shoveling himself out or. Well, on that lake, just like our lake and any lake, it kind of creates its own weather, right? Like yeah. that, uh, my dad works in right in that area, basically right on the shoreline of that lake. And, and I've done quite a bit of work up there in the wintertime and it's always, it's either, six seven degrees warmer on a warm day or it's six seven eight nine ten degrees colder on a cold day yeah just between this town and you know you take them for you get sure to see. yeah um it's just uh it's just yeah it's its own little hole and it gets yeah. big snowstorms out of nowhere and uh yeah lots of bad weather mm-hmm. yeah so. there's still one permanent shack out there there's a couple that was pulled off but um but yeah, no one else fishing there. Couldn't believe it. We've seen one guy in a side by side for a couple hours, and that was about it. Well, it's just not. Uh, yeah, it's not worth it when you when the game fish you you can't keep the game fish really right. Like you can keep the pike there, um, but to travel all that way, you know, even from Slave, it's an hour. Yeah. Um, just for pike, mm-hmm. it's tough, right? Yeah, and we didn't bring any home, and we hadn't intended to bring any home unless we caught you know a real big fish. Um, I made the mistake of putting back like a, a really good fish there, big pike, a few years ago. And as soon as I did it, I regretted it. <laughs> yeah, there's some big ins in that lake. Yeah. But, and you know what? We, we mounted some big fish from that lake, I remember. But this was several years ago. Yeah. We had a few guys that they just knew how to catch big fish in that lake and they consistently did. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it definitely did winter kill four or five years ago and i remember a couple years we would go to that lake i think it was probably um thinking back now it probably would have been about three or four years ago and that's probably when it winter killed and we we we'd be lucky if we caught three or four fish some of those days and then when we first went to that lake like six years ago it was like it was now just catching a ton of fish and then it died down for a couple years so um something happened because you know, all we're catching when you're catching 80 fish and nothing under 60, nothing over 70, that's telling you that they're all the same. 99% age, yeah. of these fish right now that are in this area are the exact same age. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's just super cool, especially for the kids, man. When you actually see them take your hook and, um, yeah, it's something else. So, so did you guys bring your underwater camera for that one? We didn't. No. No, and we were sort of kicking ourselves. It probably ourselves. would have been a mess, honestly. Yeah. With the pike and that many fish. And yes. Lines wrapping oh, yeah. around Well, it. that's the thing with pike is when they hit it, they just take her away, right? And they, and and they try to twist up and spin around shit. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, the old gator roll. Yeah. Yeah, no, and we didn't bring any home, and it was nice sort of going home that night and not having to fillet a bunch of slimy yeah. pike. <laughs> yeah. But are you getting out to do any more fishing? I might uh, might go out one more time. Yeah. Maybe one last hurrah. I sort of gave up. I very discouraged about ice fishing the last few years. Yeah, Slave's been slow this year, man. I talked to a bunch of different guys, and we were on Slave. We fished the big lake here, Slave Lake, about four or five times, and... Just didn't have great success. Quite ambition to, a lot of ambition early on to get out and do a whole bunch of different lakes. And I got out and did a few and then it got really cold and and then it got really nice. So I just sort of found myself not wanting to go fishing anymore. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I'd like to get out one more time. I'd like to chase some perch. Perch are really on my list. Yeah. 
And and they're fun. If you can find them, it's all day. For sure. It's easy fishing. You just yeah. put the rod down and fish with your fingers. Uh, yeah, it's been t- probably 10 years since I caught, like, perch all day on a good good perch lake. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and the thing with perch, especially in Alberta, like, everyone wants to find the perch. And so the, the limit for perch in Alberta, most lakes um, typically, was it 12 or 15? 15. That's way too many, if you ask me. It is, but you can't find them. Maybe that's why. Yeah. So, but it's a lot of these, uh, a lot of the easy access lakes, it's only five. And that's what I think they should almost make most of them now. You know, with, with the ease of locating lakes. Well, it used and... to be like 50. Why, though? I don't understand. I don't know either. Just because, maybe just because there's just so many. They thought there were so many of them. Yeah, but but now there's so many people fishing, and word spreads so fast about these different lakes. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it would make sense to lower that to five. If someone, hey, if someone wants 15 perch, you go there for a weekend, go there for three days. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like the burbot thing, too. Like on this lake, you can keep what, 12 Ten. burbot? 10 burbot? So I've seen a guy, I've seen three guys with 30 freaking burbot. They filled up like this sleigh with 30 burbot. Yeah, that's a lot of meat. That's a lot of meat, yeah. man. Um, I think now's the time to be fishing those burbs, too. They're, uh, I don't know, I think they're spawning now. They are, yeah. This is sort of the time for them. Have you ever seen those videos of those burbot balls? Yeah, I have. Where those guys put underwater it's cameras wild. down and they're just a like a ball, ball of snakes. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of it kind of looks gross, but... Yeah, they're like, it's like a spawning ball. We actually seen one in the hole. So we were reeling in a pike, and this burbot just right under the hole just came swimming by. Yeah. So that was sort of the cash fish. We said if anyone catches that burbot, everyone else has to pay him 10 bucks, but no one caught it. Yeah, Yeah, they're usually usually, uh, sneaky on the dead stick. Yeah. They like something that's sitting right along the bottom. on the bottom. A minnow that's that's too close. Yeah, and that's typically what I would, like when we're fishing for walleye, we're jigging right off the bottom. Yeah. Um, But yeah, they like to hit those those ones that aren't even moving sometimes. Yeah. But with these pike, we found they were hitting about within, you know, eight inches from the top to five feet from the top. So they're, they were. That's that strike mentality. Yeah, quite a ways up. Attack from below. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, it was something else, man. Very, very cool. You very, know, sh- very sharky attitude. Yeah, yeah. And it's cool when you see him just strike that thing. So, you know, unfortunately, we couldn't get onto any real big ones. But um, the thing with that lake, like you said, you know, with all the snow, um, with rivers flowing into it, um, you don't really want to be on a truck when you're. And you're a long ways <laughs> out there. Like, yeah. if, if shit went down on that lake. You, you, it'd be a while before somebody was able to help you. Well, that's like we got on the lake and he was like, oh, no one's here. She's like, I sort of wish someone somebody else would be out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not even, you know, and then, yeah, you, and then you're 80 kilometers from the nearest town. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't, uh, you know, when I was 18, 19, 20, I was a little more adventurous with my truck. And <laughs> then I invested in like a good quad that I know wouldn't let me down. Unfortunately, it has now a couple of times, but yeah. those are just battery issues. But um, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, that's something you definitely don't want to be is stranded 
in your truck somewhere. Or without your truck. Well, the thing with without your truck, the way I look at it is as long as your truck's parked somewhere, you can eventually get to it and hopefully Yeah, as long as it's not parked at the bottom of the lake. Yeah, 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 for sure. And you're standing there wondering what the hell you do next. Yeah, can you imagine your truck goes under by the island and your your keys, you eight, your phone, eight you clicks got from the from the shoreline, and then yeah. your three clicks to the highway, and then your eighty clicks to town. Man, yeah, there were eagles on the ice. There were a ton of birds. Um, I think there were a bunch of people fishing that lake on you know Saturday, Friday. We were there on Sunday, and they might have left some minnows oh, or yeah. fish or something around. Yeah, some fish guts. Yeah. So I thought we might see a wolf or a coyote or something, but we didn't see anything. Wouldn't matter because I didn't bring the gun. But have you ever seen any wolves or coyotes or anything fishing? No, I'm usually head down the hole, not looking. Well, your dad seen a wolf in that lake, didn't he? Yeah, right on the shoreline. There's a wow. photo of it on my on my website actually. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I was just standing right there, pulled right up beside it on his truck, took pictures with the cell phone. Wow, <laughs> that's cool. Right on. Yeah, I'm always a little envious of those guys who work in the oil industry because they're outside in these you know, beautiful areas all the time and the, you know, sort of middle of nowhere a lot of the time. Yeah. And uh, they're the ones that see the big deer and the caribou and the moose and the wolves and bears. Yeah. And but they also got to be out there when it's raining and shitty. For and sure. Crappy out. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, no, it's, you know, that was our last day fishing. So that's it for us. And now it's uh, now time, it's time to, to gear up for bears. Yeah, it's time to ramp up the bears. There's not even any time to wait now. There's no. no. We don't have an excuse this year. No, I uh, I want to build a couple more stands in the trees. I like having a built stand. Yeah, you just walk up and sit yeah, down. Yeah, it's so much nicer, especially when you're bringing someone new out. Um, you know, personally, I want to get one on the ground again. But I would like to find a, a good new spot, build something uh, good in the tree, nice and comfortable. And then uh, before deer season, actually well before deer season, I've got a couple spots where I want to do the same thing, build some comfortable stands. Um, that way when you do those long sits, it's a lot more comfortable than sitting on a little, you know, 12-inch by 6-inch metal crate. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I want to build... Uh... God forbid the lumber prices actually went down, but uh, uh yeah, I want to build. Did them. they go down? No. I oh hope they yeah, do. yeah, no. But they won't. No, <laughs> they're supposed to go up again. Yeah. Um. No, I want to build another a wooden blind on on my elk hunting property there, because I just found that uh, it would just be nice some days to be able to just climb up into a tree. Oh, for sure, man. And uh, and I know there nobody's gonna mess with it or anything, so. And then for yeah, we got uh, we got some bear baits to move around and starting fresh. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, yeah, it's it's go time now, man. Yeah, so. we're gonna go. I'm gonna go hard on the spot and stock for bears this year too. Yeah, I uh, well between the horses and and uh, and just getting on a quad, hopefully two lots. Try and kill something. Are you gonna get your horses out around here to do some hunting? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah, yeah. We actually went out. We were out shed hunting a bit uh, the other day, just on the property, but in the trees. And uh, yeah, no, they 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 do very well right nice. in, right inside the bush. Um, it's gonna be lots of fun this spring. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I'm nice and close too. Right, I can go right across the highway and yeah, sort of get up into the back country there and and hunt all that open, all the open cut blocks and stuff. And 
do it on horseback. It'd be lots of fun. Yeah, yeah, we're we're spoiled, man. There's uh, you know beautiful country all around us. We don't have to travel too far. Yeah, we went for a little cruise. Was it last night? No, the night before. We went south of town just for a little drive. You know, with the time change, it's nice. It's light out till 8.15 or so. Yeah. Um, so we went south and just covered some ground to see if we could see any cougar tracks or see what was moving around. And a lot of fresh wolf tracks, a lot of fresh wolf tracks. And, um, yeah, we went quite a ways back. Um, but it's just nice. You know, we got some longer days now with this time change. Hopefully we can keep it like this. Um, I don't like it the other way around. Hopefully they're done with this daylight savings. Yeah. I, uh, I'm very curious what their reasoning to, uh, like continuing it. Why are we keeping it? Why are we keeping it? I don't know. The only thing I heard, um, the reason why they don't want to switch it back is because of these sporting events like hockey games and whatnot. It's going to throw off the whole TV schedule. Oh, that's not throw off the TV schedule. Yeah. Almighty TV schedule. Yeah, tell us because we have two NHL teams, a couple CFL teams. I think that's all Alberta has for major sporting teams, Mm -hmm. and even CFL. Um, I'm not a big football fanatic, but I don't know. Is that is that uh, pro football? It's our version of pro (laughs) football. Yeah, (laughs) guys go to the CFL to make the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm done with it, man. I like the longer day. I like having more light in the evening than in the morning. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and it feel it just feels right. Like that that day, I don't know what the time change was. Seven, Sunday? Sunday, yeah. So Sunday I woke up late because I just didn't set an alarm. I usually wake up when the sun rises. I woke up late. Everything felt messed up. Most of my day felt off. It just didn't feel like yeah. it was the right time. Um and I, you know, I, a lot of times I just sort of feel like I know what time of day it is, especially working outside just by where the sun's at. Yeah, right? for sure. And, but by evening, you know, the sun's starting to, starting to go down and it's, you know, we've already had supper and I'm like kind of relaxing for the evening and the sun's, it's not dark out yet. No. Like it's, it's seven thirty and it's like a beautiful, beautiful it's evening. Nice. Yeah. And the weather was good too. So that helped a little bit, but to be able to sit on the, on the back deck or whatever, and, and at eight o'clock in yeah. the daylight still, it just felt right. Yeah. You guys got a beautiful spot there too. Um, and, and yeah, it's a killer, especially like late. When is it? When does it change in the fall? Is it November, middle of November? It's, or something? Yeah. It's right in the beginning of November. Is it? Okay. So come mid November, it's pitch black at like 4.15, 4.30. Yeah. Ridiculous. I would much rather it be 5.15, 5.30. Yeah. Um, and well, have- and, and getting up in the morning, like I always remember it because, you know, hunting season and guiding, September, you're getting up at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. in the early part of it to be ready for 5 a.m. sunrise, 6 o'clock sunrise. Yeah. By the time end of November or end of October comes... You're sleeping till six thirty to get up for the seven thirty sunrise or whatever. So yeah. it's like a nice, like it's like a decent work day. For like sure. you're getting up at a, you're not getting up at a stupid time and going to bed at a stupid time. It's like seven and seven. Yeah, seven and six p.m. And then November comes around, the clock rolls back. You're getting up at five a.m. again, yeah, I know. <laughs> so that you can be done at four to sit yeah. twiddle your thumbs exactly for another eight hours before you yeah. want to fall asleep. Yeah, so, uh, you know, majority of the population is against it, so we'll have to wait and see. 
And on weekdays, I can't even go out and shoot a chicken after work. Oh, no, you can't do nothing. Because it's literally dark at, you're watching the sun when go down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just hope they don't take it the other way. I hope they keep it this well, way. Well, this is the way it's, this is like standard time. Is it? Yeah. It's daylight savings is in the winter. Oh, okay. So this is like what it's supposed to be. We roll it back. Okay, I see. <clears throat> Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Interesting. Well, well, I just we've got it now. So I, I like that Facebook meme. It uh, it was a picture of a I don't know an old First Nations chief or something, and it said only white man would c- cut the <laughs> yeah. cut the top off a blanket and sew it to the bottom and try and make it longer. Yeah, yeah, it's classic. Yeah. It doesn't really make you the whole time change thing. I'm sure there was a reason for it back in the day, but. No, no, there's not no now. No, it doesn't it. make any sense. No, no, Why no. nobody's our work days nine to five? Why are we using the sunlight early in the morning before yeah. most people are even awake? No, it just it just throws people off. And then the day of the time change, they say that week of the time change, there's like a major spike, oh, a huge in, spike in heart attacks, yes. strokes, all this crazy yeah. shit, car accidents. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I remember listening to that interview on the radio that yeah. day. Yeah. But the guy who was vouching for it, or even vouching for the change, I think it was, he wanted to keep the daylight savings, the the MDT. The other way. Yeah, the other way. And I can't remember why. And he said, um, what was, I think people get more, I don't know what the reason Oh, because you get more sleep out out of it somehow? Or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But like rolling it back at that time of year in November... Especially up here in the north, you like you deal with so much of that. Uh, oh, they're, they're, seasonal depression. Yeah, and so what they had said is, if we kept this the extra hour in the evening, it would there would be a few days where the sun wouldn't rise to like nine thirty, ten a.m. Yeah, and that's too late. Oh, for I remember. Th- yeah, I remember yeah. that now. That's too late because then you're going yeah. to work in the dark instead of coming home <laughs> in the dark. Home, yeah, <laughs> God forbid. Yeah. No. Yeah, it doesn't. I I think people are much happier. I definitely much happier to go home with a little bit of day left. Yeah. Than to uh you know, it it kind of feels good to be going to work when it's still dark. You sort of feel ahead of the game. Oh, for sure. Right? Like and those days you wake up early, you hit the gym and then you're at work, you're like, I'm a, I was awake before or I got shit sure. done before most people were awake. Kind of yeah, get that and feeling, so right? I've been loading up on bread and so I went there Sunday morning. I usually go at eight AM and I left at eight AM. And so we had the time change. So the sun was just starting to come up. Yeah. And it was beautiful. Feels good. It feels so good. Where typically I leave the house at 8.15 and that sun's already been up for an hour. Yeah. Uh, But now with this change, um, you know, it's a little bit later. And uh, yeah, you feel good. You feel ahead of the game, right? And then uh, you have dinner in the evening and you still have some light to go outside and have a walk or do whatever. So I found um, my last, my last probably two months or six weeks i i personally stress so much over time daylight yeah especially my whole life basically revolves around how much can i get done how much i can do while it's light because all these there's a million things i want to do that i can't get to but then there's a million things i need to do that i also don't get to yes and so on my mind basically on any given day is like you should shoot your bow tonight you should, uh, you know, work on a podcast. You should probably read a little bit of a book and you should, you know, not to mention you got to eat supper, you got to feed your animals. Yeah. You got to do whatever. You should work with the horses. So I got this whole list in my head 
And the last six week, it's six weeks. It just feels like, no matter what you do, you're just like behind. Yes. Yeah. And I was tr- kind of trying to explain that the other day when we were talking about it in the shop. Like it just feels, like you just feel so fucked up inside. Yeah. Like I do anyway. Yeah. And I can attest to it, especially when it comes to hunting season. Like if I slept in, on a hunting day, I feel. Like I killed somebody. Yeah. Well, or I like know. I like I betrayed know. somebody, betrayed yeah. myself. Like, as what I've, are you doing? What is wrong with you? You, you fucking slept yeah. in. Yeah. As I've gotten older, like it's nearly impossible for me to sleep in now. You know, yeah. it seems like every year I'm getting better and better yeah, at waking yeah. up at whatever yeah. time I need to wake up at. Um, Cause I remember early on, like 20, 21, 22, if I was going hunting, man, you know, three out of 10 times I'd sleep in. Oh yeah. You know? And and then as you get older, you're like, no, I'm waking up at this time. And then you just fucking, I think it's, you get used to it. You get used to it. Right. Yeah. It's all relative, but I just get so like, personally, I'm so guilty. And even running behind a little bit and get, and getting to that stand, like as the sun's rising, I'm like, no, I want to be here 40 minutes. Stab myself in the leg of my arrow. I blew the whole day. Yeah. (laughs) And I get, and, and I get that way with, you now with you know kind of running this little farm operation yeah. we got it's like oh you got so little daylight yeah so much to do and then like you sit down for five minutes and it's like what are you doing get up yeah. you're wasting you're burning daylight there's like a little voice in my head that's well, always you like you're burning, daylight. You're burning that's daylight that's how i feel about this fucking thing right here your phone when i'm my on my phone. phone too yeah and like scrolling oh i could drive <laughs> Like throw my phone through the window sometimes (laughs) and I like can't stop myself. So I know the phones are bad. So yeah, when I get home, um, Wednesdays and like Mondays, Jackson has his Taekwondo and then, or no, um, what is it? Tuesdays and Thursdays he has Taekwondo. Wednesdays we do our podcast. So my, like the evenings I have the most time is usually Mondays and Fridays and then Saturdays and Sundays if we aren't fishing or doing something like that. But, you know, my evenings is when I do my editing and the web page and everything like that. So that's when I really buckle down and get work done. But, yeah, you'll catch yourself. I'm just, you know, searching up an email or searching up something on my phone. And then the next thing you know, I have a notification, click on it, and I'm thumbing through thumbing Facebook. Through Facebook, yeah. You know, and then you're looking at a stupid video and you're like, what are you yeah. doing? And I feel, like, awful about it. Um, so what I've been doing now is I've actually been putting my phone in like a different room and they're just like forgetting about or like it. in the kitchen and then I'm just working and you forget about it. Yeah. And before you know it, you've been working for an hour and you haven't looked at your yeah. phone once. Yeah. Um, but it's bad, man. It's like, it's an addiction. Oh, absolutely. Cause then, and, and then you're like, man, I sort of want to go check it. You know, I heard a beep, but I really, I know it's well, nothing. And it makes you but. feel good. And it is an addiction because it, they say a notification uh, triggers the dopamine the yes. same as, as a hug or whatever yeah. it does, which is fucking crazy. I know. It's man. wild. That means like every time, and I know it, and I'm not a huge social media guy. I actually have to force myself to post yeah. for my business and stuff now, Like, and I don't do a great job about it. But when I do post, I find myself, like especially on Instagram, that's kind of my main thing. I'll post, and then I'll get one like, 
And then I'll like refresh. It's like, do I got any more yet? Do I have any more? Yeah. And then it's like three. And then it's like, oh, fuck, I should have like 15 by now. And yeah. I'm like refreshing. But I don't really care. No. But it's like something inside the back it's of my crazy, head wants man. it. It's freaking crazy. It's so like, what I've been thinking It's like of a heroin doing, button, right? Yeah. And I've had this thought and sort of idea for over a year now, but I haven't implemented it yet. What I'm thinking of doing is deleting the Facebook app. Yeah. Just keeping business manager. Yeah. So I can manage the pages, post on the pages, um, you know, reply to messages on the pages, but I can't scroll through my feed yeah. or even see my personal one. But that's why I haven't done that because then if someone, you know, I can still have messenger where I can reply to people, but if someone, you know, comments about a photo of something I did or my son, or I can't reply to him then. Yeah. So I've refrained from doing it's tough. that. And it's so much of it's just a social atmosphere. It's the only way I communicate with a certain number of people. Yeah. Is through that app. Yeah. There's like certain people in my life that I still consider myself close to, but all I ever do is comment and like and yeah. sort of chit chat on Facebook. It's yeah. not really any, that's just sort of the extent of the relationship. And so many people are like that. Like that's just the level of. And so what it is, if you don't look at it for a day, you feel like you're missing out on something. Yeah. And so that's why I haven't deleted the app itself. Like I know I could get everything I need done for non-typical nation and the, the four other pages on that business manager. I could take care of everything I need to do on there. Yeah. But if I delete the app. I feel like I'm missing something. Well, and it's like... Like I wasn't invited like to the, the party. It's like being the know? only guy in the neighborhood that doesn't get the newspaper, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's That's sort of why I... Like, it's like a necessary evil, right? Just like nowadays, you know, you can't... You can't not have a cell phone. Yeah. Like, you might not get hired for a job if you don't have a cell phone oh, number. Oh, for sure. Because you're going to be like, how are we going to get a hold of you? Yeah. Well, I have a landline. Well, that's not good enough. <laughs> yeah. It needs to be right now. Yeah. All the time. It's tough. It's sort of the way our world is going. You yeah. have to have it. And so I'm bad for it in the tree stand when there's nothing going on. It's very easy to be scrolling your battery dead. <laughs> yeah. And before you know it, like... Or you're getting data notifications you yeah. use 10% or 20% of your data and then the days going like you're trying to consume time but the day goes by so much slower when you're looking at shit check on your it on phone. that clock too yeah it's yeah. bad man so i've been trying to like set it away from me when i'm doing tasks like especially at night with the editing because it's so easy to you know just go down a rabbit hole of shit on your freaking phone well even yeah editing too like i'll put my phone face down on my desk i'll edit but then i'll be like waiting for something to upload or waiting for something to render and then it's like yeah well, and i'll do the same thing and then it's been done for 25 minutes yeah and i'm like what are you doing i know man it's awful Jesus. you're just sitting there drooling on your chest <laughs> with a beer gut hanging out sitting on your phone so, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to, but, but yeah, going back to, like you said, you know, waking up in the morning and if you sleep in, you just throws off your whole freaking day. Yeah. It's, you just, and I feel, you feel like you got to catch up and you feel like total shit. And, and, uh, you know, the cell phone is, is what sort of gives me that mm. for sure. Well, and, and I've noticed, um, I've noticed, you know, for the, for several years in a row, I had, <clears throat> two very long breaks from a cell phone and basically like normal society. Like I'd go 
six weeks without a phone in the spring or five weeks without a phone in the spring for the most part like maybe on a weekend or so i'd check my notifications and then in the fall i would do another six or seven weeks without any phone or or communication besides communication with anybody besides family and it's sort of nice it's like a reset and you just get to a point where you don't even want to look at it it's been uh it's been six seven weeks or whatever and you get home and you don't want to you don't want to look at anything you start scrolling and you're almost laughing shaking your head because everything just totally seems like bullshit it doesn't seem important it's not real life it's just first world problems etc etc so how did you like where were you you were out and well you just be out of cell phone service guiding yeah. guiding okay i see yeah and just you know not have a not have internet access be too busy yeah be in a place where you don't have cell phone service and a lot yeah. of times i would just turn my phone off or put it on airplane mode, keep it for pictures and, uh, and run my in reach, which I, you know, I'm only texting the girlfriend or, you know, the odd text to my mom, make yeah. sure everything's good at home. And, and that's it. No Facebook, no Instagram. Um, no, nothing, no music even. And that was one thing I learned very quickly that you do miss and, and music will help for you, sure. help you stay sane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all the other nonsense that you just realize how, ridiculous ridiculous it is and yeah. like how nonsense how stupid not like just has no value in in worrying and energy and yeah. all the time people put into facebook yeah well it's it's being manufactured <laughs> to just be a total necessity in the society we live in you know, just to communicate with family is one thing, you know, every single, every, I'm sure you with your family, I know we do, we have a family chat Oh yeah. where every, every day people are posting what they, it's mostly my brother posting day. political shit <laughs> lately anyway. Yeah. A lot of political banter. Um, but to run a business, man, if you don't, if you don't run your business, a portion of it on Facebook, <clears throat> if it doesn't have social be media behind, yeah, you're behind. Yeah. You're behind. You're losing out on a good, a good a whole portion generation. of clients that uh, two generations yeah. of clientele, right? So it's you know like it's crucial for what we do. It's the best method for us to get our content out to people and share what we do with people, share our passion with others. Um, so I'm I'm grateful for it in that way. Um, it's like with anything though. It's like you know alcohol, drugs. I mean, not well, not drugs, but al- anything. It's you got to control it. Moderation. Yes, and moderation. Right? It's 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 great to have. It's almost it is definitely a necessity in this time time in the world. But you you got to. You gotta have some self control. Yeah. So now, what about hunting in moderation? Oh no, absolutely not. <laughs> for what reason? Tell tell me how it's bad for you in any way. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Besides my bank account. Yeah. I was gonna say hunting's hard on relationships. It is. I we were talking about that earlier. Too much. Well, I've we're got a great both, wife who supports it. Both of us knock on knock wood. On wood. <laughs> but uh, we we have uh, we made a short list of very long list a of long friends. List. Yeah. That uh, haven't done so well in the female department the last couple of years. Yeah, hunting. Hunting related. Hunting. All related. hunting related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, I think it just comes down to. Sure, a lot of people shaking their heads, but it just comes down to not being not being home. Yeah, you know, not you're f- not focused. 
not focused on what your partner wants you to be focused on or you don't see it the same way. And it's hard. I'm sure it's like with anything, but it's hard for certain people to see a hobby, to see a hobby as something of value when somebody has that much passion put Mm -hmm. into it. Right. Like it's more than it's, it's just, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's, it's like, it's like the kid that, was out every night, no matter how cold it was, playing on the pond, playing hockey on the pond, skating on the pond. He's the one that's going to the NHL. Yeah. Right? Because he really wanted it. So why is that? You know, I don't know. It, you know, it's same with just if you love something so much, just do it because the world well, is you gotta so think, fucked up For right sure, now. man. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, f- my wife was talking to someone the other day and they, and she was telling my wife this, that she told her husband that, you know, he can't go crazy with hunting. Hunting is just going to be a, a pastime that he does every now and then. She's like, I don't know how you put up with it. Get out. And so, you know, like me and Amy were talking, like hunting, if there's no hunting industry, we don't have a roof over our head. We yeah, don't it's, eat. It's your Like this is our life. That's fine yeah. with them because yeah. they have different lives and they live in the city and this and that where us, you know, hunting puts food on our table. Mm-hmm. You know, literally food, but also, you know, it, yeah. it, it puts our kids in school. And, and hunting is just something totally different for us and for you as well. You know, like that's your business. And I want it to be. And I've said that since I was 16 years old, that this is, this is what I want to do. It doesn't matter if I make money or not. Yeah. And so that's why I'm lucky. And I think, you know, because... If you work a full-time job and you, let's say you work shift work and you're off 10 days and you're home five, so you're gone from your wife for 10 days and then you're home for five, so you're going hunting. So then you're never home, yep. right? Where where I'm lucky and even you too, right? Where your work is your hunting, right? And then so when you are done your hunting and you're off work, you're, you're home, home then, right? Yep. And so that's... That's what, you know, I'm fortunate with, um, with Amy and she's very understanding with things, but uh, yeah, no, man, it's, it's taken, uh, it's tough and it, and know, it, it, it takes a, it takes a special kind of person to support their partner, whichever direction you want to look at it, um, to pursue something so ferociously For that sure. it could possibly cost you your well being. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. your, 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 you know, it could cost you the your value of life going up. Yes. Potentially, right? Yeah. Like I, I know I would have a lot bigger savings or, you know, maybe a nicer vehicle or whatever if I didn't hunt. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. But my life looks a lot better when I look back on it. Yes. Because I do hunt mm-hmm. way better. Yeah. I've done things that, you know, my parents never imagined doing. And been to places where... Been to places that... People have dreamt to be. Millions of people have never been. Yeah. And there's a million places I want to go that I've never been. Yes. But that's that's my value. That's what I want. Um, you know, when I have kids, I want to be able to tell them stories. Yeah. Of things I did, places I went. Yeah. And hopefully take them to those places if they still exist. Um, but so, yeah, I don't know. I just think pick something. If you, if you got something and you know, you really like it and you enjoy it and you can live and breathe and, and die with it, then just do it. Cause man, this world is just, I don't even know. 
Yeah, and you got to put more value on experiences than um, than items. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like if you yeah. these experiences, they cost money. Yeah. Um, you know, so you could stack your bank account and buy the nicest car, or you know, a five thousand dollar necklace, or whatever it is. Or you could go and experience these things, and yeah, you don't have anything you know, anything you can hold on to, but you've got some incredible memories and stories to yep. tell. And, um, you know, and, and these, like the the guiding and outfitting industry is great because, um, you know, you save up a little bit of money and you set a goal with where you want to go. And, um, you know, if you got the money, you can go there and experience yep. that. Yeah, and I, I remember very distinctly going through high school, I always had very good grades. I did very well in school. Um, very athletic, did very well in all, all my athletic stuff. And so it was just sort of, and I went to a small school here in Slave Lake. Like my, my graduating class was 13. Wow. Um, my school had less than 80 people when I graduated. So very personable, got to know my teachers. You know, I went from play school all the way to grade 12 in the same school, knew everybody. It was sort of just thought that I was going university. Yeah. I kind of thought that, you know, I remember discussing it with my parents, counselors, teachers at like 16, 17, grade 10, 11. Okay. What are you going to do? You know, what courses are you going to prep for to get into whatever you want to get into? And that was kind of the idea. I always thought, you know, I told my, I remember telling my parents, I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck. I want to go and make a bunch of money and then go and do what I want. And then I realized, you know, I started weighing all the options and realized by the time you do anything in school, it's four or five years and it's 100, 200, 300 grand. And you don't, you're not guaranteed any job. No. The only thing you are guaranteed is debt. <clears throat> and you've got your nose in books and classes and computer screens for the next four years. You're the best years of your life. And, and then I started looking at trades in grade 11 and I thought, you know, that's maybe the way I want to go and, and just work my ass off, make a bunch of money, learn a valuable skill and, uh, and be set that way and then just do what I want after. But I couldn't really like pinpoint anything, just couldn't put my finger on something. Mm -hmm. And I was always taught growing up, you'll know when you figure out what you want to do. Like it'll just click. Yeah. And that's something my mom always told me. And, and so I just, maybe it just sort of believed that was ingrained in me. And uh, I remember the day I was just, I had bugged my dad. He has a buddy that's an outfitter here in town. He grew up with bugged my dad a million times growing up. And he always said, Oh, you're not gonna make any money outfitting. You can't make money hunting. There's no way he doesn't know nothing. He doesn't know his head from his ass when it comes from this industry. Sorry to say, but I remember at 17 Googling um, how to become an outfitter. No way. And what popped up on my phone was Dixon's Outfitter, Yukon Guide School. Wow. In, in Out of um, Kwani, Yukon. Yeah. And uh, it was literally top website. I clicked on it and uh, and started scrolling through it. And, you know, it was a couple thousand dollars to go and go and learn how to pack horses and ride horses and open an outfitter camp and, and learn some traditional knowledge as well as some industry knowledge and then potentially have a job at the end. And so I had to make a decision um, really quick whether I wanted to finish all my school up basically six months early or not and, and not be able to do this Yukon trip. 
kind of deal. So it w- it wasn't it wasn't much of a decision. Like I said, when I read that the description of of what was all in that hunt or in that uh, package and learning what I wanted what it was to be an outfitter and all this stuff. Yeah, I knew that like boom, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I went and did it. Great experience. Came back, wanted to do it again. Went up north, did it again. And then I worked for a few years here, and it was just like a no-brainer. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, this is, it's not work. No. Right? It's just, it's fun. And if you wow. can get paid to do it, yeah, then you're laughing, right? Yeah. You know, if, if you find something you love to do, you don't work a day in your life. Yeah. 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 And wow. to be to be paid to hunt, um, it's nothing better, right? For and sure, then man. I've made a point of sticking myself into these positions of, you know, like the taxidermy. Yeah. It's a great, great little sideline to all this same yeah. industry. And then the filming and a little bit of writing and picture taking and all that stuff is just, yeah. you kind of got to like build, you got to build your life around what you want to do, right? You got to, especially, you know, where we are at, like very early on. Yeah. Um, you know, try out a bunch of different things, see what you enjoy. And um, yeah, no, it's there. There's definitely money in it for sure. And I've never, like I said, when I turned a certain age, I just decided, you know, money's not everything. Money's no. not anything. Yeah. If if you can feed yourself, and you don't owe people anything, yeah, then then live because there's so many people. I've talked to so many people that have told me, you know, I wish I was your age still. I wish I could go and do what yeah. what you're going to. It's like. I better get doing shit then because sure. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, you know, God, I don't want to hit I don't want to get hit by a bus at 30 and go wish no I doubt, went man. and did that. Yeah. Right. Or, you yeah. know, I don't want to be 80 on my deathbed and think, geez, I really wish I got on that horse. Yeah. No, without a doubt. Yeah. Well, this is, we got a year ahead of us and it's going to be a good one for sure. But um, I remember when you went to that school, were you working with us before then for a little yeah, bit? That was the year you got married. I was gone when you were married. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That was... I missed your wedding because I had already okay. booked that trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I started working for you with you guys that year. And what was it, a month long or how long it was, was like, it? Yeah, it was like three and a half weeks. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And then you went to the Yukon the following year? To and then guide? I went back the following, the following fall. Okay, yeah. I see. I swore I would never go back. I swore I would never do it again when I got home. Oh, or really? When I, when I got out of the bush, when I got yeah. back to town, there was a crew of us, and there was, there was a little bit of uh, bad juju at the end, but yeah, it, yeah. it was all just young guys sort of, you know, I've, I've grown from that. I've learned from the experience. Yeah. It was all just bullshit. Um, but there's a little group of us that were kind of sour at the end, and... Uh, and it wasn't it wasn't too bad, but I just thought, you know, I'm never ever gonna do that again. That was such Yeah. It was you know, I was always happy I did it. Yeah. You know, I thought, yeah, you really made it through it, good job. But now you never have to go back. Yeah. Then I went home and I shit you not, I started having like nightmares, like not nightmares, but like they were like nightmares. Yeah. Withdrawals from the mouth. But it was withdrawals. Yeah. So that's what it was. It yeah. was like it was like a drug withdrawal. And that's how hunting is, though. Like, when you're doing it, there a lot of times it's it's the fucking worst time ever. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, by the time you get to your truck at the end of the day, you're like, thank God, I'm going home. I'm not coming back to this spot because it's horse shit. Yeah. Then you get home and a day passes and you're like, okay, you know what? I got to get back there. <laughs> yeah. When am I free next, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I never, when I, I was on the back of a horse one day, 
freezing, literally freezing to the point where my hands and arms were blue in the rain. I thought I'd never, ever want to be in this position again. Um, but <laughs> I would love to be yeah. freezing my ass off on the back of a horse sure. right now, you know, just to be in the mountains again. Yeah. And, and, and it, I think part of it or a lot of it comes out of just being so young when I, when I got into it and not really realizing what I was capable of. Yeah. And, you know, struggling with a lot of homesickness being, you know, 18 or 17 at the time. Your I was first even time 18. being away for a month straight. And, uh, yeah. And with people, I don't know people yeah. that don't give a shit about me. Like really, like, you know, if I needed something, they're there, but yeah. it's like survive. You're here to work. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and so it was kind of a rude awakening and I, I appreciate all those times I was kind of, I like to throw myself to the sharks yeah. a little bit. You got to, man. You got to. And, yeah. and, you know, and, and, and I, I don't like to be defeated. Um, you know, the horses kicked my ass the first time. The horses really kicked my ass the second time I went to the Yukon. Okay. And when I got back the second time, I swore I'm never going to work with horses again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you got a couple. And now I own three. <laughs> yeah. Right? Wow. And I'm doing it myself. But it's an appreciation. And you kind of, I, I personally have to step back and sort of let the emotions die down. I'm very realistic in the moment for the most part. But it's easy for anybody to get overwhelmed and get emotional about stuff. And when you step back, especially from an experience, whether it's traumatic in a good way or traumatic in a bad way, once the dust settles, you just, you want that. Yeah. That's the reason we go back sheep hunting every year. It's the reason you go out in the rain and the muck and... You know, it's the reason you sit in a bear stand every time you're scared shitless to walk out in the dark. Yeah. Oh, because for sure. Because it just feels, you know, you're challenging yourself, you're pushing yourself. It's it's real life. No, and I think everyone who's, you know, spent some time hunting, <clears throat> and I know I feel it, you know, several times a season where you sit all day in a stand or you try a new spot and you see some sign, but you don't see any deer and... By the end of the day, you're like, I'm never going back to that spot. That was a waste of a day. Then you get home and you're like, you know what? That wasn't a bad spot. And you I'm know, not going to let it beat me. And I'm not going to let it beat me, right? Yeah. And then you're looking at the next day and get back out there. Yeah. And you got you got to be like that. <laughs> Hunting is, at least in my life, it's the most, it's the best metaphor for it. Oh, without a doubt. Because you'll go, yeah. you'll go, whether it's bear hunting, elk hunting, moose hunting, deer hunting, sheep hunting. You'll sheep, you'll go several years without even putting crosshairs on a ram. Elk, you'll go several years, you know, you might miss a few, but until you actually knock one down. Moose, we've we've all gone several years without ever actually being able to pull the trigger on yeah. something. But you go back, you still go back. And you still go and try and 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 you still get after it. You know the the odds are against you, but you just yeah. It's the challenge of it, right? It's it. it's the same it's the exact same um, expanded version of why you play a video game on your cell phone mm -hmm. for the challenge, right? Why we, why people like doing puzzles and crosswords and and games and Sudoku and all this crazy shit. The human brain is just it's it wants challenge, yeah. And and hunting is a it's a mental challenge. It's a physical it's challenge. It's a primal. It's thing, an emotional man. challenge. Yeah. And it's fucking primal. Yeah. 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 Right on, right on. Well, let's wrap her up at that, man. That was a good That's one. That's good. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks again for uh, for listening or watching. 
All of these podcasts are now up on YouTube as of the last one, and we're going to keep them up there. Um, yeah, we appreciate it big time. It was fun. It's a good one. Right on. Let's wrap her up. Cheers.